I don't know. It, it's more watchable than I remember. In yeah, <laughs> that should be our tagline. Yeah. Star more Trek watchable. podcast. More, more watchable, watchable than you than remember. You remember. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chelsea. I'm Paul. And I'm Abby, and welcome to Three to Beam Up. Today we're going to be talking about episode 56, Spectre of the Gun. So uh, this one, this one takes place in October, and it is October when we record. Well, it, it was October, but it's close to Halloween, and that means uh, Laffy Taffy's around. So um, I do, <laughs> I just randomly pulled a piece of Laffy Taffy with jokes, um, and I'm oh, just gonna no. hit you with one. So. Uh, what shoe type can't decide? What shoe type can't decide? <laughs> I did not shoe bet type? this joke. <laughs> I don't understand that question even. What shoe type can't decide? Oh, that's pretty good. I, I got nothing. I have no idea. That's terrible. Flip-flops. That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that's... this episode. Yeah, so this episode is about like that joke. <laughs> yeah, it is. We might you know, all be in agreement for once. No, so wait, wait, so where are we on this episode? I, I remember really disliking this episode, and I think on a rewatch, um, I think this one has some corners, but I think otherwise it's pretty good. It has some sharp corners. I I also remember really disliking it, and I, watching it again, I found myself just being bored. I, was, I didn't really That's dislike right. it. I didn't really like it. I just was kind of like, yeah, whatever. But I also really don't like Westerns. Like, they're sure. just not my genre, like, and I don't care for it. And this is very, like, that, <laughs> this is like, a classic Western. spaghetti Western. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, like, um, hardcore. Yeah, 100%. I thought this was just boring abs. Yeah, I see, pacing was, was very slow. Pacing was very slow. Like they see, just I, they they found a conceit and they were like, "Okay, corral, and we're just gonna run this forever." <laughs> see, I think that this one, I think some of the edges on this is that this, as a holodeck episode, is a holodeck episode, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's basically they're in the matrix. They are it's, in the literal matrix. Well, yeah, and yeah, and Spock does like roll his wisdom save later against this illusion magic <laughs> and becomes Neo. Like, yeah, I have uh, <laughs> my solution for this episode. I have I have marked as Deus ex Spockina. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, that's good too. Um, it is literally though. Yeah, the Matrix essentially. Um, but this is a holodeck. This is a holodeck episode, but they don't know the holodeck yet. Um, this is also super, super reminiscent of the TNG episode. I think it's a second season, uh, Casino Royale. Yes. Um, which is super, also one of yes. those like, oh, yeah. which is also one of those like weird episodes that I always think I dislike more than I do, and it's actually kind of fun. Um, I think they have. Yeah, more that fun one is kind it, of fun. This one, I just, it's... I think. <sighs> I didn't think this one was very fun at all. There's, I don't think there's enough, like, humor to balance out. Like, this is kind of a ridiculous premise. So if you're going to do a ridiculous premise, I think it kind of needs to be funny. And yeah. it's just, it takes itself too seriously. Well, yes and no. I think there's a whole bunch of places where they are leaning in to wink at the camera, and then they just don't wink. Um, so the sets, right? The sets is a great example where 
they like look around and they're like, oh, we're clearly on a soundstage. And if we, <laughs> if we did this camera work from the right angles, it would look like a town. But then they pan across and it's like, oh, it's just the front of the I saloon. I do actually really like that, though. That I is really one like thing. I, that's the thing I like about this episode is the design of the set. Like, yeah. I, like that was really clever for me. I, I, like, they, they are, it is yeah. the third season. They have no money. Yep, and they're yep. like, you know what? <laughs> we got this Western town on a soundstage and we're just going to go with it. Yep. We're not going to. We're going to make the sky like, red. We're going to make then... it really surreal and we're just going to go there. And I appreciate yeah. it. I, it reminds me of the Dream Ballet from Oklahoma. Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. That is what I keep thinking about when I watch great. it. I, th- I think they could use a lot more real, uh, surreal, sort of abstract sets. Yeah. It's an underutilized feature of track. I think if they had leaned into it, they could have leaned into it harder, but um, yeah, that like super surrealism. And they also kind of make a point that like these aliens have set this up and they like know parts of it or they care about parts of it but they just don't care enough to make a whole town essentially mm-hmm. um or they don't have the knowledge from kirk's mind to make a whole town right that he remembers well, like that's these the parts, excuse but... they give right yeah that they which, don't have the knowledge which makes sense which is a good one right and that's i think one of the things that is i was shocked with this episode going back to it is that it's largely internally consistent in the way they set it up um mm-hmm. at least with the sort of suspensions of disbelief they have at the front end. They're at least consistent throughout, which is rare for third season. Let's speak of that front end. Can we talk about the shiny, spirally rainbow prop? That probe is great. (laughs) (laughs) That's my first note. Cool-looking probe. Right? I really, really like it. And I liked I like the original. I like the remastered version. I, I just think it's great. But then let's talk about the premise of this opening. So they're being ordered to make contact at all costs. Yeah. And that just seems like a really stupid plan. And also, I'm really not sure what the purpose is because they don't give any reason. Yeah. Like, is there some rare element or mineral or something? You know what I mean? Like, is there They have reason? all the dilithium. You know, all yeah. of it. <laughs> that would it, at least have made sense if they just threw off a one-off line about that or something. It, it, it would be one of those where, like, yeah, you're right. Any any line that is like all the dilithium or they use that a lot. I think I would Yeah. I, since they say like you've entered our space, it would be great if this was a planet like right at the edge of the neutral zone or something and like mm. if they could get him into the federation, it would be a good outpost or something. Yeah. I don't know. You're right. It's a throwaway line that they miss because they They don't care. Aren't thinking about they it that super way. don't care. Yeah, they, they really don't care. <laughs> they don't. And we're looking they wanted cowboys in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and they got um, them. They get down to this like foggy planet where, of course, the communicators don't work. And yeah. then we get the second rainbow um, lights with the like ET alien head. I love that. I love yeah. it. I love that. These are good uses Agreed. of props at low budget. You know, frankly, um, these are good practical effects. I'm a fan. I, I do want to say too that probe gives them a pretty fair warning. Um, <laughs> I agree. I completely agree. Um, the yeah. probe was like, "Stay away. We are warning you. Do not." Come you get to one planet, warning. We're, yeah, we're gonna harm you. Everybody gets like, one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Like, if I this... think we're gonna ignore that. Yeah. If this was Picard, they'd be gone already, and none of this would have ever happened. Exactly. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent correct about that. Or it but... would have become uh, Casino Royale, right? Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> I think been one of those. That's kind of what goes on in Casino Royale, if I remember right, but. 
It's a weird. Um, yeah, anyway, it's any, a weird episode. It's a weird episode. Well, Kirk, to be fair, does like explicitly say he was ordered at all costs to pursue. Yeah, yeah. which again is which again, again it's a plot device, yeah. right? It's a plot. But device. yes, but that explains why he doesn't flee because I think if it were his choice, he would have fled too. Because the way he's the, like the looks he's given them, right? He's like, "Damn it!" Like <laughs> so. So that. But, so you talked about the party that beams down. Um, that party that beams down later, they talk about like. If you were in charge of the Enterprise right now, and I was like, wait, who is in charge of the Enterprise right now? <laughs> is it Sulu? It's got to be Sulu, right? But Sulu's not in the episode. He's not on the bridge. Yeah. Like, so... I mean, Uhura? Oh, so it's some random... Some random like, yeah. yeah. Uhura, it should be Uhura, it like... but it's not. <laughs> we know it's like, not. Who it is it? should in... be. They yeah. bring the entire command staff they, down. They bring everyone. <laughs> and then, ch- yeah, and like... Besides Sulu, who's sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, glad. I mean, the assumption has to be that Sulu's up there running the ship, but... Um, Maybe he just wasn't on the bridge because he was, like, I don't know, touring He was playing with his plants. No, yeah. he, was, he was hanging out <laughs> He's like, plants. I'm in charge. I'm going to go botany his, now. <laughs> it was his day off. It was his day off, and then they were all like, hey, uh, by the way, you're next in command. You have to run the ship. Yeah. <laughs> we want to go down to this planet that we shouldn't be going down to. So. Yeah. And I know we Sorry. say this a lot, but again, the landing party makes no sense. Not just because there's no one in charge of the ship, but just like that mix of people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, I don't and understand. none of yeah, it like, makes sense. This is, a, this is ostensibly a diplomatic mission, right? They're trying to right. establish yeah. contact. So let's so, take the engineer who likes ships engineer. more than people. <laughs> and the, the chief medical officer. Um, yeah. Like. Who it likes like beer a, more than people? <laughs> like a Kirk, Kirk and Spock could have handled this one. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe Chekhov, I a guess. Security guard yeah. or a security force. One or two which, red shirts. Again, they bring no security. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, which let's be real. The security people on the Enterprise are terrible at their jobs, so That's I wouldn't true. take them down either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. They probably would have just gotten others injured. They would have been murdered immediately. It wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> this you may as well just not take them down because they're just going to die automatically. Oh, a, a quick point at the beginning I forgot um, because it sets up stuff later. And again, to the, this point about like internal consistency of this episode, when the probe talks to them and Spock says perfect Vulcan and then like perfect no it was English no it was Russian no it was Swahili um and they say like oh they're the probe is using telepathy um right is is the seed of like this episode and the seed of how Spock solves it later um is this idea that like they are um again um another set of aliens who have like illusion magic and telepathy um but i mean illusion magic and telepathy are essentially synonymous um and it's a good setup to plant that seed at the very start um i thought that was a cool seed so yeah i like that scene a lot it reminds me of the one in the new disco discovery where all the translators break all of a sudden and like all you hear is like every single person's speaking in a different language and all of a sudden you realize as the audience that all you're hearing is the translators. Yeah. There's also the very good um, Darmok, right? The TNG episode. Yeah. yeah. I love that episode. Such a good episode. Such a good episode. So um, where the translator just can't handle it. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason. Yeah, yeah that's, that's metaphor. like the biggest meme on like all the Star Trek oh, yeah, yeah. pages. <laughs> it's my favorite. Oh, well, so okay. Good. So we get to the planet. They're like, they're hanging out. And then like one of the first things that happens, do you want to talk about Chekhov first? Cause that's one of the first things. It's or... the dumbest subplot. So sure. Let's get it out of the way. <laughs> Wait, so we're already in the, already in the bar room. You mean, or? Well, it's one of like, they get down there and like one of the first things they do is go into the bar. 
Well, so they talk to the sheriff, and they, they have a quick yeah, discussion outside. Um, they, well, this is where Kirk, like, pieces it together. I have the note, like, is Kirk a Wild West scholar? Um, he just loves Earth well, history so okay. Well, so, so that's much. what I was going to ask. This it's would have been a, a well-enough-known contemporary, like, for the contemporaneous this, audience, right? right? I think I read on Memory Alpha that this is this aired, like, pretty close to the, was it the 85th this, anniversary this, of this? This aired one day before the 87th 80- anniversary of the gunfight at the OK Corral. Yeah. So it is, yeah. right, if we're talking about, you know, 50 years in the past, you would have had people who were alive in 1881 in the 60s, so... And certainly people who had, like, heard about this. And, again, to Abby's point about, like, Westerns and the Western craze of the, the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of that, like, revival of all of this. All of the, like, stage shows, all the traveling shows. And so, yeah, this would have been, I guess, much more well-known than now. But the read yeah. is that Kirk is from the future, so it should be less known then. So. Yeah, absolutely, and and definitely to Spock, who's like not even from that planet, but seems to know every detail. Yeah. he just knows everything They're, about everything. Well, because Kirk is like this exact date. Why is this exact date? Yeah, it's like right. yeah. like I, I could probably get know. the decade right. I yeah. could not have gotten the year or the date, maybe the month. Um, and then Kirk's like, oh yeah, these names, like they're pulling all the so. Yeah, again. they so I would get the been... names probably. The names would help me, but like not the date. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so it must have been just just better known to contemporary. I think it is. I think it is. But... Yeah, so that makes sense. But okay, so they back to your it point. Together though, and then um, uh, like fairly fast for for the audience, and it's I, I actually I don't think that's too bad. The no, they, I, yeah. They if they dwell, they don't it. dwell on it. Yeah. yeah. So then they go into this bar and Chekhov gets a lover <laughs> he like super makes out with for Starfleet, right? Like they don't often, they're not often that explicit on camera. Unless it's it Kirk. That Boy, that's a and good question then, of what the longest kiss in TOS is. Because this has to be, be like this. top three. Yeah, Ooh, like they're extensive. making out for a while there. And, and we get a hilarious line. You know we're always supposed to maintain good relations with the natives, which I think is just like so snotty of Chekhov. <laughs> I, I laugh uh, for like ten minutes. Yes, yeah, so, you know, I mean, to your earlier point though, there is some levity in this, and I think so there, Chekhov I that does was bring the some one levity. Joke that I that was hilarious, but at that I thought that it could use like ten more jokes. Yeah, like that. that's fair. That's fair. Um, and uh, so, like, the, at that point, I was like, "This is amusing," and they're not like they know this is kind of ridiculous. They're not yeah. taking it too seriously, but then they never really do. Another well, joke. and I think that's where Casino Royale does this better, is because you have Riker on the planet, and Riker Ooh. just like has fun. He's with all him. in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Riker's not trying to figure out. Well, he is trying to figure out the mystery, but he's also just like, "Cool, a casino. Let's have fun." I'm like, in. Um, Which yeah. Checks out. Data, load these dice. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This scene, though, and I only know this because I toured a Jim Bean um, factory a little while ago. Isn't bourbon corn whiskey? Yes. Yes. So when he says you're no, it's a real dumb line. Oh, okay. Wait, is it meant to be dumb? Like, like people meant to be like that's your no. It was it was in Memory Alpha that they were like it was a mistake. (laughs) You can also you can make corn whiskey that is not bourbon though. Um, yes, there are other criteria that, yeah, so you could get corn whiskey that is not bourbon, but yeah, it is a, yeah. 
Okay. It doesn't well, matter. Bones is yeah. going to drink it. No yeah, matter man, what it is. <laughs> oh, man. And Bones not only drinks, uh, uh, which we can all agree because oh, yeah. he has a cup in his hand, but also he, like, serves everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the beginning, like, the bottle's sitting on the table and nobody touches it in that first scene. I was like, oh, yeah. wow, is it really, is this going to pass as an opportunity for them to drink and they don't? And then they come back to that scene later and, like, a, maybe a quarter of the bottle is gone. And <laughs> yeah. McCoy's sitting there, like, pouring it for everybody. And, like, okay, fine. You know, like, um, clearly they've all drunk. Well, I'm glad we can at least mark that square off our bingo. But seriously, in this scene, too, I don't know what they would have done without Spock to explain things to them. I think Spock is integral, well, obviously integral to this episode. But Spock, like, is the backbone of the, yeah. he is the, the skeleton by which this plot moves forward. Right. Um, no, the plot does not move forward without Spock pushing it. Um, and Leonard Niboy, I, I should say, does some work uh, in this episode. He does. Even I agree. the facial expressions he has, I don't know how much you guys were catching that, but like when they have shots of the group and Spock is not doing anything, he still has like such good facial expressions while other events occur, even though he's not the focal point. Um, oh, yeah. Nimoy is That's like just, just on fire is... in this episode. <laughs> Nimoy is great, always. Yeah. I agree. And that really always long scene, it's, I don't hate to bring up the end, but they're like, um, where like Bones is with his mortar and, mortar and pestle and um, Spock's like just fiddling around with that thing. There's yeah. like, they both carry it so what, like they're actually doing stuff and they are not doing stuff. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's just <laughs> the levity of their acting, both those actors. No, they the play off each other very, very well this episode. Um, I agree. And I think it's one of those rare ones. I, 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 if we want to just jump to that scene, right? I don't think it breaks. because It doesn't matter. None um, of it matter. Because <laughs> Chekhov has been shot, right? And uh, McCoy and uh, Scotty are, like, distraught about grieving. it, right? As they would yeah, be. they're grieving. Um, and they're, like, they're just... They're just angry, right, that this has happened, and they're lashing out at Spock. And they take it out on Spock, and poor Which is, Spock. They, and they always it's do so that. It's so sad. And, I know they do, and it's sad, and they and then but, Spock has that line that made me so upset. Yeah, right? It's just like, but they Spock forget rarely... I am half human, and it was so upsetting, and I was like, why are you being yeah. mean to Spock? Well, yeah, but they immediately stop, and then you get the close-up of Bones, where, like, and this happens, like, ten times in the series, he realizes again that Spock yes. has emotions, he just doesn't say them, yeah. and he gets this facial expression. Like one eyebrow up, yep. like like kind of cocked. Yeah. It's like dun dun dun. But he never learns, Chelsea. He never learns. <laughs> they rarely get that whole arc of that interaction, though, right? It's yeah. usually just McCoy yes. like berating him and Spock just like walking okay. away, essentially. So to have that full like back and forth, even at that level, I thought was very well done. Hey, yo, um, well, and then Spock pays it back. Right, a few scenes later, when he calls McCoy ingenious, and McCoy's so caught off guard, he again just cocks the eyebrow, and he doesn't know, even know what to say. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, they really like each other. Like they're really like, like you know, darlings, and they're worried right now about each other. You know, I'm sure you guys have notes in between here, but um, I have a note, and I, you've already said this, but I did think this had a good sense of like mystery and suspense. And I have a note that this is fairly good pacing in the middle. Like, I didn't take many notes <laughs> because I was kind of just engaged in where it was going. So I my next notes yeah. are on that scene. Where once it gets, go once they're starting to kind of solve the mystery, that pacing is pretty good. Like, okay. that one, that moves pretty well. I think setting it up takes a while. Like, well, they, they really also, take a while. Yeah, they try so many things that don't work. Right? So there's well, Kurt's yeah. first plan is to convince the natives, and he doesn't do it, like, once. He does it, like, several times trying to convince them that he's, like, James T. Kirk. And, like, 
clearly that's not going to work. And so I'm not really sure why he keeps repeating this to his yeah. groups of enemies. So, <laughs> so I think that this is the weird place where, um, right, it starts with Spock's line that, like, history can't be changed, right? Spock has that line in the very um, beginning, yeah, the beginning when they're talking about it. And it's, I think that the writers of this, the, the place where they stumbled is that they couldn't figure out if this was time travel or not. And so a lot of this is written as time travel. And it's obviously, again, not written as a holodeck because they don't have that. But it's a holodeck episode that the writing is time travel sometimes in those lines like history can't be changed. And if it had been a holodeck episode, clearly, then they would get that better. And again, I keep bringing up Casino Royale, but TNG having the holodeck, I think, brings some of that levity to it because they're just like, oh... It's like the holodeck, um, and that's the line they need. And the problem is that Kirk doesn't really know what this is, and he's having trouble believing that peop these people are seeing him any different than he has seen himself. Right, right, right. And I agree exactly. with you that that drags. That drags. It does. And then they try to run away, which should have been their plan to begin with. Sure. <laughs> and then that doesn't work. And then they finally come up with their third plan, which is like the tranquilizer. Yeah, the gas. Yeah, which which should work and uh, which causes them to come up with their real solution. I well, guess. I'll say his isn't his fourth plan to go back to the sheriff again. Is that right, or is that the? Well, he does that in the middle too. Yeah, so I guess that would be kind of part yeah. of the. Well, that's that. You're right. Yeah, that's another plan. Exactly. And then so the fifth back, plan, and he I begs mean, for law enforcement. To his to your point too. And then the fifth plan is they say. <laughs> It's 10 to 5. Welp, we're just not gonna go. go. And then, yeah. like, hard zoom, zoom out. Oh, no, we're at the OK Corral. Which I thought, it's, again, there are moments of levity like that. Because I think that's, I don't know, that reads hilarious to me. Um, okay, that, I didn't think that was funny before. But now that you say it, maybe it's funnier <laughs> than, it, than I thought it was. Because <laughs> maybe you're right. Maybe that is a wink at the camera. And I was just, like, kind of tired. Because it should be one of his plans, right? It should be one of their first plans is just like, what if we do nothing? Yeah, just don't. Um, yeah, right, right, right. And the aliens are like, uh, sorry, uh, we have we have a, something, we have an event space for you powers. to attend. Yeah, space powers. Um, oh, yeah, there's a lot of space powers. But, yeah. Um, what other scenes we got? Bones goes to the apothecary. Oh, yeah, I yeah. thought that was, I thought that was an interesting scene. I did too. Again, I think Kelly's, I love divorce Kelly's acting in these scenes where he... He doesn't say a lot. He just like cocks his eyebrow and is like, shit, can I like? Well, it's another one where like he's doing the same thing Kirk is doing, walking around like as McCoy, not as whichever character right. he was. Um, and yeah, he, he even says I'm a doctor like yeah. several times. <laughs> and Kirk is like actively being like, I know you see me as this person, but I'm this person. McCoy's like, uh, has lost one of those layers. He's just like, I'm McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which I, I think a good read because he's not claiming to be a history buff. He's just like, whatever. I don't know what all this is. I'm a doctor. I don't know who these people are. I don't know what this is happening. I'm just going to do my thing. I'm going to drink some corn whiskey and I'm going <laughs> to yeah, get over Yeah, he's also drunk. It. So let's, let's, let's play that <laughs> Yeah, fair. So I, he also does not know how to use the mortar and pestle later. I don't know if you guys like observe that. He's just like stirring it around. And I'm like, ah, I'm pretty sure that's for crushing. I mean, you do, you can stir, but um, he also says, and I know we might fight about this in bingo, Jim, he's dead at one point. 
Which, um, god I thought, damn it, you two, if that doesn't f out, I'm gonna be so mad. Is, I thought, he, I was waiting for that line, and I thought he said, there's nothing, um, there's nothing. He, there were two lines, okay, I wrote two. them down. Okay. Let it go, Jim, he's dead. And, and there's nothing I can do, Jim. Chekhov is the two. nothing yeah, I can no, do. That, okay, that's, okay that got it, got it, got it. That's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Let it go. Jim, he's dead. So it's the first one. It, it's the guy who is uh, fighting outside the saloon. Is okay. I didn't catch that line. Good catch. I think it's actually Chekhov. It's no, Chekhov. Yeah. It's Chekhov. Yeah. They, it's wait. when Chekhov when Chekhov dies. He's there. Yeah. There's nothing I can do, Jim. And then a, okay, like so a minute later, later, a minute later, he yeah. goes. Got he it, goes. Let it go, Jim. He's dead. Got so it. I'm just saying, I like. Okay, I know we're not in bingo yet. We're not. We're just save it, Charles. There are a lot of it. things, though. There are a lot of bingo there. Are a there. Lot, I have yeah. that note like six different times. I was like, wow, there are a lot of cliches. There yeah, really there are. are. It's yeah. crazy. But anyway, so um, unless there's any other scenes, eventually Spock becomes a genius and realizes that they're in the Becomes? becomes well, no, 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 no. I'm I mean, sorry, Chelsea. Again, he's always is... a genius. Uh, sorry, sorry, Abby. He's, he, we realize his ingenuity once again. How's that? Well, there we go. But it's, I better. Think it's better. This is one of those okay. things where they're being internally consistent throughout because, again, it's that very first seed that Spock says, like, this is Vulcan, that's Swahili. And then when they get down there, he's saying, like, well, this is history. But then he's realizing it's not. And he's the one who right. pieces together, like, hey, Chekhov's character is supposed to be the one who escapes. Um, he does be, yeah. And then the, the whole idea of, like, hey, let's test the one thing we've created. <laughs> That's a whole different... It did not function, um, but it must function. And, and this idea of, like, it's a very it's a very clear thread, right? It's not a very deep mystery. Right. And But Spock is definitely the one to make, again... <laughs> to make that wisdom saving throw against this intelligence yeah. magic, which is, again, if we take this to D&D, &D, exactly what he would be doing. Um, like, yeah, it's just illusion magic, make your saves, everybody else fails the saves. and Yeah, and I'm good with the illusion magic. The only thing that, like, I thought was weird about it was that, in the end, Chekhov was saved because he was so ridiculously in love. <laughs> no, so I think the read on that is that these aliens... Didn't right. actually want to kill anybody. They just wanted them to go away. I, I agree. That's what yeah. I thought too. But that, that, but that's the explanation they gave on the Enterprise that he was yeah. just like so in love. And I was well, like, no, we didn't need that. Yeah, let's, we didn't. Let's just ignore that. But I think um, that is the read that these aliens have said that like, oh, you did not kill. We're cool because that's what we would want you to do. Have, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and that would have made a lot more sense. They wouldn't have killed them. So it does appear that like when Chekhov gets killed. I frankly would have even liked it if he had just like faded away from this holodeck, yeah. right? And mm. and um, and then later he just is there because he was they pulled him out of it essentially. Right. Well, kind of like shore leave, right? McCoy. Yeah. And, and I yeah. was going to say this episode yeah. is really a combination of shore leave, arena, and a taste of Armageddon. I couldn't Ooh. remember. Have we already done a taste of Armageddon? Mm, yeah. This is not taste of Armageddon. No, isn't that though? I might be getting the episode. Isn't that the one where they're contacting a super reclusive species? Like the species no. wants to be left alone? Well, eh, like a little, but not not to this level. You might be thinking. No, 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 episode. not to this level. But I, I agree with that. But like, no, which is why I'm saying it like incorporates elements of like those no, three no, because they invite together. them down. I think. But the trick is, it's the one where they fight the wars in simulation. That's a taste of Armageddon. Oh yeah, that's true. Let's just, new, I mean, there's a lot of fan ideas theory. Hmm? New fan theory. TOS is just a bunch of people from Lower Decks playing a D&D &D style game. <laughs> ah! 
Oh, and these amazing. are the campaigns. <laughs> I mean, and they took does... like historical figures, and they're yeah, just playing D and D with them. Yeah. I love it, and I'm I'm all for that, and that's why also fan fiction can exist of it because they're just creating new campaigns. And and again, this is this is, I mean, it is a holodeck episode. That's what's very hard yeah, to get away is. from. That yeah. like, yes. if you said, yeah, this is any other series in a holodeck doing this, they it reads like, yeah, fine. Yeah. It reads fine. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think that's the, one the of the problem sharpest... is they just haven't created yeah. the holodeck yet. Yeah, that's one of the sharpest corners on this is that the holodeck would really save this and solve a lot of the issues that are in there, but they don't have it. So they keep okay. like half using time travel and half using like who knows what, but Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Well um, and I do think Spock's solution, the meld, it's it's brilliant. There's not a lot of consideration for how uncomfortable it must be for Spock to be like having to constantly make these melds. But <laughs> um, like, I don't know that me- also that meld acting. I think that's another example, Paul, of what you were saying, where Nimoy's acting is just incredible. Like that, those are ridiculous scenes. Like those oh, ridiculous yeah. close-ups of their two faces with his like hand like that. Right? Like it's crazy. Yep. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. And like he plays it though just so well. Yeah, Nimoy is doing heavy lifting in this episode. <laughs> yeah, um, like whoever directed that Nimoy's like shit. Well, it's on me to save this scene, right? Yeah. Like, um, and he does. He does. Nimoy it. is such a good actor. He really, he really is. is. Well, and again, really it is very true to character. We find lots of episodes where we're like, would that character have really done this? um and like this everything that spock does is what spock would do and everything Mm -hmm. like and and the response of like the second again the second spock becomes neo and is like (laughs) we're 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 in a chair this is not the real world like it's only as real as you believe it to be and everybody else is like uh we can't do that it's it's the neo it's neo and um um wow what's his name um when he tells him to jump across the gap, right? And Neo's like, yeah, I could totally do that. And then he falls to the ground, right? The first test in the Matrix. Um, it's like, they know that they would do that. And Spock's like, no, I would clearly pass all these tests. But um, yeah. And he would, with flying yeah, colors. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, so. And then Kirk yeah. dropkicks a guy. Yeah. <laughs> so the solution is to have, like, a fist fight. And then that, like, trippy Matrix ending where they, and then, like, like they just stopped essentially right well again so it's an interesting one of i think the read is that they never teleported down that it's another one that they didn't yeah so i think the read is that it is and i think (laughs) this is a weird comparison but this one actually has a ton of shades of inner light it's a weird yeah. comparison back. Mm-hmm. But they essentially run into this telepathic probe, and then they get put into a holodeck in their own minds, sitting in their own chairs. And taking up no time at all. And they, taking up t- no time at all, and then they wake up from it, and they're fine. Um, oh, I hadn't gathered that. Yeah. I still yeah. kind of think they transported down. But uh, th- there's no reason to transport down, right? Yeah, because it's all in their them. heads, really, anyway. I like, think they would have, not... like, tried to transport, and... It, and this is what would have happened. They would have just... Oh, like, don't get me wrong. I like your two's read better, but I'm not sure that was... That's what they meant. No, but I think, yeah, it's one of those where it's at least internal consistent. Yes. If you yes. read it that your, way. Your read, it makes it way better. I agree. Just like the internal light where they make it a lot, a lot clearer. Um, well, they do that, and then they decide that, 
like the rainbow explodes, right? Now they decide that they're going to have like peaceful contact after all. And Kirk's like the master diplomat because he didn't kill the dude. Yeah. I did like the, we overcame our instinct for violence line when basically the entire episode up until the OK Corral shootout, they have been like spoiling (laughs) for a fight, especially like Scotty. Scotty, yes. Um, Well, and they kind of wink at the camera too because Kirk kind of says, because Spock asked him that question of like, you did want to kill that guy, right? And Kirk's like, yeah, totally. Um, (laughs) Oh yeah, I want to talk about that in the messages. Um, Oh no, I agree. I I thought it was a nice ending though because often like they do those kind of stupid one-liners at the end that kind of like ruin the whole episode. And this one was just like, no, it's like it wasn't, it wasn't like like too serious. It wasn't funny. It was just like, hey, like you know, like peace save the day. Yeah. And let's let's be done with that. It it's very reminiscent of. There's a lot of episodes that have this same kind of read. Um, there's the um, yeah kind of yeah a lot of episodes that have this. It's like the Gorn fight almost. There's the other mm. one that um, Balok, right? Balok in um, oh yeah Balok. Um, is the same sort of read at the end of the episode where you're like. Hey, you passed the test or whatever. Right. Abby, what'd you think of the costumes? They were mm. fine. Like there was nothing, <laughs> nothing to write home about. Like they were all just kind of fine. Was it, I did uh, like the one blue dress on the the woman, but I don't other than that, I was just kinda like, I mean, they're just they went to central costuming and got some western costumes. Yeah, like, which they had plenty laying around. Which they had yeah, which they had absolutely <laughs> plenty of them. It did yeah, feel they like, all had the holsters for sure. Was yeah. it was it Morgan Earp? Was that one of them? Yeah. I thought his costume did not fit in the slightest. He also had like Probably not. Um he just had a really weird like his arm proportions did not work, but his his coat like did not fit. Um, especially in the arm lengths, and it made him look very like he looked very Frankenstein-y. Um, because <laughs> well, of the, I was actually so I had had a similar note too. I didn't think the costumes were great, and I was wondering if that was part of it, like that was on purpose, like like the incomplete sets. I don't really think it was. No. I think aside from Morgan's, they all were what you'd expect of a yeah, 60s western western right. costumes, like whatever, just I, western yeah. revival, you know? Yeah. I do enjoy. So this is this is was a fun fact that I saw on Memory Alpha. Uh, DeForest Kelly. This is like his third interaction with the gunfight at the OK Corral. <laughs> because oh. he had he had oh played I, he had played Ike Clanton in an episode of You Were There, and he's played Morgan Earp in the movie Gunfight at the OK Corral. <laughs> oh nice. my god! So like this is just this just follows poor DeForest Kelly around for his like entire <laughs> career. Oh yeah, man, that's probably. <laughs> That explains some of the looks he probably had throughout. But I mean, um, probably. If I were him, I'd be like, "Are you serious? I've done this." I, I will say on costumes, I, I, you know, I understand the reason they didn't. I guess it's twofold that they want to. They could have put them in costumes, right? They could have put them in period yeah. costumes. Oh yeah, I don't really know why um, they didn't. Well, I'm so happy they didn't, though. Um, I kind of wish they had. Yeah, okay. Because they, <laughs> they did in like piece of the action, right? Yeah, they it's did. Like, come yeah. And other episodes too. Um, yeah. That's the episode they do. I think it was probably more budget than anything. They're like, ah, just wear your regular stuff. We're not. <laughs> we're not gonna put a gun holster on. Yeah. Um, well, also it, it shows them that they see themselves yes, as normal. Exactly. Normal, right? Yeah. So I think yeah, it does it fit better in general. But like, I like costumes. I I like to see it though. I'm just surprised that they were able to, for once, 
control themselves and say, no, it doesn't make sense to put them in costumes. For once. And for once. For <laughs> once. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, oh, I guess the only other thing I had was a fun thing that was, this is the only episode of TOS that ends with the Enterprise heading toward a planet instead of away from it. Oh, that's interesting. Because they're going for diplomatic relations instead of, yeah. like, they've finished their mission and they're leaving. So that's Whoa. fun. That's it. That's all I got. Well, wait, what about <laughs> that one where they were just heading towards the planet to deliver the medicine and they only had, like, two hours left? Yeah, but they'd are, the but they were leaving shown. the planet that was the planet oh, ever shown and they were gotcha. leaving them where they uh, were. Oh, that's what you mean. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, yep. neat. That's really cool. Yeah. Trivia, etc. Trivia, yeah. Let's remember it. <laughs> oh, well, I was going to say, I actually, I thought this was kind of chock full of messages, um, which isn't always the case. Um, so I'll start with kind of like the least obvious, maybe work towards the more obvious. Um, one, the value of technology, which we only see by the absence of technology. And without it, like the Enterprise crew is really, really stranded. They're like kind of screwed when the aliens have really taken away all their tech. I don't know. Like they're, they're, I mean, Spock figures out how to make like baking soda bombs or something. But they don't work like, because so that, well, so but that, they, that they should, it should work. But they right. don't work. It's not because they don't know what they're doing. They don't work because the aliens say they don't work. Right, 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 right. Well, <laughs> like which is they, kind of what I mean, though. What, like when, like when, so they're just, they just keep taking away their tech. And that's another, that's, I would consider the bombs attack, a form of tech. Mm. So they just keep taking it away. And it like, and you really realize how important it is. Um, I'll go with the, the like somewhat trippy message of like, um, uh, Spock's realization that you have to expand your worldview. So, the, in other words, like the uh, in order to survive. So, the only way to survive is like uh, by accepting that they're in the matrix. So, um, like the sub message of that is that you have to like completely question everything in order to like um, gain enlightenment or, uh, in this case, survival, which uh, is neat. It's kind of a counterculture message. I kind of liked it. Um, we had a straightforward pacifist message, of course, that peace is better than fighting. I think we all agree on that one. Um, and I thought the Wild West was a kind of an odd setting for that, um, with the Space Western, but, um, but kind of, probably not where people expected that to go. So, um, and, um, let's see, uh, the theme of choice, Spock, this, uh, revisits this theme several times in TOS, the theme of choice in that humanity can choose to overcome its weaknesses, um, Kirk visits us too several times. So Kirk wants to kill, of course, but he chooses not to multiple times after Chekhov for revenge. And then of course, at the end for the kind of defense purposes, um, he really tried, they tried everything to avoid violence, right? They, as you and I said, Paul, they like went through five different plans <laughs> to, before fighting. Um, and then also Spock kind of goes on along that too, right? With that, like the history isn't set in stone and humans have a chance to control their own destiny. Well, the Chekhov thing. Um, um, and the last one is like the subversive war message, uh, here. Um, so I actually had to, had to look this up, which is, uh, one of the reasons I didn't get to memory alpha. Cause I was reading about like the Clantons and everything. And the Clantons who are portrayed by the TOS crew were traditionally like the villains. So if the enterprise crew were, um, set as those characters it like it's very subversive it makes the audience sympathize with like the quote-unquote bad guys right with the villains the antagonists 
And it forces the audience to essentially question who the villain is, like in The Devil in the Dark. And the real winner ends up being, right, like compassion and mercy when Kirk chooses not to kill, even though it's a holograph or whatever. <laughs> but but it's, it's really mercy is like the thing that gets them through, which is a very, I mean, I already said it's a pacifist message, but I think it's also somewhat subversive for the times. That's it. That's all I got. I thought there were really nice messages, even though I was kind of bored by the episode. Yeah, there are some good ones. Again, in yeah. terms of like that, epi- the the idea of you know peace peace is the right answer or whatever that um, comes up in a lot of these episodes. I think this is one of the ones that it's done better. They do it a lot, right? Yeah, they do. Um, and I think this is a pretty good, pretty good run at it. Yeah. Um, and I, and the, I think the messages also I say this a lot, but they're they're clear and they're like there for you to find, but they're not so, like over the head. Yeah, which I really appreciate. You know, yep. I'm a big fan of that. And I think this is strangely one that um, I don't know. It, it's more watchable than I remember. In yeah, <laughs> that should be our tagline. <laughs> Star Trek Two is podcast. <laughs> more, more watchable, watchable than you than remember. You remember. <laughs> I, like, I think I would. I think I would go back to this one, frankly. Like, or if somebody was like, "Oh, hey, this is on TV," I wouldn't turn it off. Okay, that's a low bar too. But um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Wow, do you often just like shut it off and leave?" <laughs> no, no. But okay, I'll, I'll say better. I, I'll say better that that this maybe it's certainly not top five, but it, maybe top ten or fifteen. If somebody was saying, "Hey," Um, I want to watch, let's say, let's just say 15 episodes of TOS, but no more. I think I, in filling out a good set of 15, I think I'd really have to consider this one um, and probably put it on there. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't, but I respect (laughs) your choice. (laughs) I mean, 15 is pretty, that's a, yeah. I'd say top 40, I'd probably put it in there, maybe. (laughs) Maybe top 50. I mean, there are so many worse iterations of this, right? We just watched um, a piece of the action, right? Is like this, but a hundred times worse. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but I think it's funny. Although piece of the action is funnier. (laughs) It is funnier. funnier. (laughs) And so for that reason, it ranks above this to me. Yeah, but there's no, okay, I mean, we just talked about messages, but there's no message in that one. It's just like, oh, if you leave oh, a book there. behind, you better to get open it. Them up. I said some messages. <laughs> yeah, but none of them were. None of them tracked as well as. They're this not set. as beautiful as these. Yeah, they're messages, not as good. Which are really lovely. So in terms of, um, so antagonists. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We we're gonna talk about that. So we've, I've said, you know, these these are uh, this is in that group of aliens who have mm-hmm. illusion magic. I mean, it's worth tossing out that the Telosians are also that. Um, that they have yeah. illusion magic. Um, and... But I feel like the Telosians could actually hurt you, whereas I'm not sure, like, these aliens could necessarily... Like, they can, it's... I think, but, like, but they don't actually hurt anybody, and they are, like, well, even okay. though Chekhov dies, he doesn't actually die. Chekhov doesn't actually <laughs> Nothing die. happens so, to him. So can well, they hurt people, or is it all just in their heads? But again, yeah. it's, a, it's not about can they kill you or not, it's about what they can essentially convince you to do, right? Um, and the things that are happening to them are real in their minds, right? They're hallucinations, essentially, shared hallucinations. Like, Kirk gets punched, and, like, he has the the classic, like, Kirk blood trail. Or is it Kirk? Or that might be Chekhov. Somebody has that classic, it's like, blood trail. Chekhov has the yeah. blood trail. <laughs> um, it's like, so, and he's acting like he just got punched. He's not acting like, oh, I didn't feel that. 
Um, and even when he gets shot, like, he's like, oh, no, I've been shot. Not like they are at the end where, oh, the bullets aren't real. Um, right. So I think yeah. as long as you haven't made your wisdom saves, um, you know, you are going to... Th this is reality to you, right? Perception is reality. I, I will give you that I think the Telosians have a higher, <laughs> a higher DC to make those saves. Maybe there's a way <laughs> to put that out there. Um, I, I think the Telosians should be higher. But I think that's a place where we need to start. Yeah, so I think right they're around... I think they're around Magmar, I would think. From, from Savage Curtain. Yeah, I, would put them around I, I could buy that. I mean, again, we're in a, we're in a group up there where they're yes. all like very yeah. similar. Yeah. Uh, anywhere um, from like Telosians down to Sylvia, maybe. Yeah. It's all about the same level, yeah. And all very similar, right? Although Sylvia Agreed. was a conjurer, conjurer, not an illusionist, but um, yeah. So I think I would put them. I don't know. Above, Alf was above Magmar and under Alf. I might say above Alf, but. But I'm fine either way. That's splitting hairs. Yeah, I'm not. What do you think, Chelsea? Yeah, I think it's... I don't care. Because <laughs> <laughs> to me, like that that group, like I would do these by group, and to me, it's in the same group. So yeah, I mean that's a trick, right? There's we have a lot of these like clusters that. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, how about we? Uh, yeah, I'll roll you for it. Yeah, roll for it. <laughs> Speaking of D and D. Yeah, um, we've been, it's been a, so it's been a D and D episode. <laughs> ten and up, they go above Elf. Uh, you know, or yeah. eleven and up. Eleven and up, they go above. Oh, and uh, one to ten. One to ten, they, they go. Oh, they hit a nineteen, so they're above Elf. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to solve our problems with the dice. <laughs> it's not a bad way to be. It's honest. not a bad way. Um, <laughs> there are worse ways. There are worse ways. <laughs> um, so, in terms of bingo, right? We're at bingo. Yeah, we're a bingo. Mm -hmm. I, Chelsea, I agree with you. There's a lot in here. There's a lot of cliches. It's crazy. Let's say communicators don't work. Weapons don't work. Um, They're stranded on a planet. Stranded on a planet. Um, uh, Kirk doesn't make out with someone, but someone makes out with someone. Um, <laughs> Chekhov <laughs> does talk about Russia. Uh, I think that is yes, the thing. Yes, he really he, does. Yes, um, he talks about Bones drinks. Um, does Yohara try to do the communicators thing or say like... Hailing frequencies open? No, she does, because I think he... Yeah, well, she says at least some stuff related to that, because he tries oh. to open communications. And she yeah. says, like... There's, oh. Yeah. There's the Vulcan nerve pinch. There's... Uh, Bones does say, Jim, he's dead, and you guys gotta give this one to me. I'm very not passionate about a lot of things in life, but this one thing, like, I must have... And just remember that I didn't care where you put the villain. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I think that read was, I don't care. You could have been more caring about that and <laughs> have well, I'll input. be whatever you guys want me to be, as long as I get that one, as long as that's on the sheet. Um, but he didn't say, I'm a doctor, nada, and I was kind of sad about that because he had the opportunity. He did say he was a doctor several times. Um, but yeah, no, there's a lot. I'm not sure there was... Ancient Earth history. Involved. Did you already say that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't, but no, you're right. Um, I'm going to say that we have bingo. I, I'm, you know, I'm never convinced that we do. But I, I really do think that. I think the high, I think the higher probability guess is on yes this time, even though it's a lower probability overall. But yeah. I think if there was one that we were going to hit, it might be here. So yeah, I agree. Any clarifiers, Abby? Uh, just one, and it's like a. Um, well, I guess they could. There could be two. There could be two clarifiers. So the first one is time travel. Like it's not time mm. travel, but they treat mm. it like time travel for a while. Like I don't know. That's like it's too. it's a. 
it's a. I'm gonna, it's I'm a gonna go one. no on that, right? I see because, that too because yeah. it seems really like they're it, almost parallel dimensions. If you if like we had that, I think we could argue it more. But even that, no, Ooh. like you're saying, it's just in their. It's mind a holodeck. Yeah. 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 Uh, the other, oh, I guess, oh, I forgot. I had, I had, I had two others. I lied. Um, and then the other one was Spock showing emotion. I'm like, yes, ah. I had that written down because he, when he, he basically says he's grieving as much as Spock can. Like he stops and he like gives this expression. I'm making a puppy dog expression, listen, dear <laughs> listeners. He goes like, and he's like, you know, you forget. Like I have feelings too. Yeah, about that. It's, it's a about really that. touching. <laughs> About it. All right, that's fine. We can we can say he has emotions. Yes. Uh, and then um, historic figure shows up. I mean, the yes. Earths are historic, the clans are historic, but they're not really the like people. They're kind of holodecky versions, but they are there. No, I mean it's the same as like Abraham yeah. Lincoln was not Abraham Lincoln. In... Yeah, I agree. So oh, yeah. I, I think this this fits that bill. Okay. Of, okay. Cool. 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 It's a person oh, yeah, yeah. that is named from history. Yeah. Um, exactly. Okay. I, yeah, and just like Apollo too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fine. All right. Yeah. I, I agree. I just, you know, I have cool. to clarify. All right. Uh, we are one away. No, we had uh, to be so close. Uh, was we Jimmy's so dead not a square? It is a square, but it wouldn't have helped us anyway. And I I don't agree with it, so we're not going to do it. Uh, but... <laughs> yeah, I think I'm on your side, Abby. But, <laughs> but there, there are a lot in this episode. So um, on the sheet, we had space powers, captain's log, communicators don't work. Weapons don't work. Ancient Earth history referenced. Historic figure shows up. Spock shows emotion. Recurring actor. Uhura says hailing frequencies. Um, so that was just on the sheet. And then not on the sheet, we had Spock says fascinating. He does it three times. Uh, the away team is oh, trapped yeah. on the planet. Their bones drinks and there's a mind meld. So there yeah, are... Bones says Jim, he's dead. Just pointing uh, no. that out, dear listeners. <laughs> Doesn't. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, there were a ton. But on this sheet, it just didn't didn't pan out i'm a little sad i, what did we I need? chose poorly uh check saying something was invented by a russian Ooh. well but he talks about russia he no, talks about but russia but say... there's a very specific check has a very specific yeah, yeah. did you know this was this was found in russia this was discovered in russia russian yeah. did this mm. like that's that was yep. that's a very specific check thing and he did not do it yeah Bummer. so i feel like in the future we should have made it just check off russia <laughs> That's it not is, the trope. Chekhov does. Well, it kind of is. Chekhov does have some good. This is some good Chekhov. This is a fairly Chekhov heavy episode. Good, this is a very Chekhov heavy episode. I, again, yeah. I do think. Me. I do think this is one with. Of all the episodes, this has a lot of good seeds of good ideas that, that again, you do see come up in later series, and um, yeah, it's an interesting episode. Yeah, it's fine. It's better than I remember. Better than I remember. <laughs> Yeah, let's see what we're watching next time. Oh, wait, do we have to um, guess? Oh, yeah, you guys have to guess. Oh, yeah, because we're going to get a treat if we get it right. <laughs> um, I'm going to guess Galileo 7. Ooh, that's a good guess. Um, I'm going to guess the Changeling. All right. Uh, nobody gets a prize. No. <laughs> I want the prize. We are, we are going to episode uh, 5 of season 2, The Ooh. Apple. Uh, primitive inhabitants of Gamma Triangulus, Trianguli, whatever, six, worship a god who orders them to kill visitors from the Enterprise. I don't remember this one. <laughs> I do. They have, like, um, it's like, uh, like, a la, uh, like, primitiveness. It's very much Temple of Doom, if I remember right. Sure. Yeah, they have those, those weird wigs. 
Abby, actually, I think you're going to have... Um, Am I going to have fun with Costume Corner? I think you're going to. Yeah, I might <laughs> be wrong. I mean, the costume, they're all similar, but like, yeah, they're they're definitely interesting. Let's say that. Is this okay. a is this a Landrew situation? Is this a... I, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. Remember um, to be honest. I, all I remember is they all they all beam down like the the trio beams down. Yeah, I don't I don't remember too much of this. So I'm just I just want to watch. I'm this looking at the images. I see like a dragon mouth cave. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of exactly. Cave of Wondersy. <laughs> yep. And like cave weird of, wigs and really some flowers. It really is Cave of Wondersy. You are uh, you know Abby. I can't believe I never noticed that. <laughs> like literally, Aladdin stole Cave of Wonders from this freaking scene. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Okay, well, it'll be, uh, yeah, there's going to be some um, conversations about some uh, (laughs) costumes next time, it looks like. Oh, 100%. Um, It'll be, we'll see. All right, well, listeners, uh, you can follow us on your social media of choice. You can find us somewhere with, you know, three to beam up, we're we're there. Uh, And uh, join us next time for the Apple.